the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. It is Sunday the 2nd of April and we are hosting a reaction to the action pod in response to Crystal Palace's 2-1 victory at home to Leicester City. I'm Matthew and as always enjoyed by my brother Luke. This is take three of that introduction to the pod. First time <laughs> round. First time round. I forgot we'd won. I said we'd lost and second time round I couldn't remember we played. So there you go. I'm doing well, Luke. Yeah, very well, Matthew. I mean, I think uh, I, I can sort of um, allow you that, given uh, I've just about calmed down from from yesterday and just about got my breath back and my adrenaline levels have come down from that 94th minute winner, which is the best way to win a game, um, but look, a fully deserved win. Uh, I'm sure we'll come on to the details of that later. But like most Palace fans, I've got a little extra spring, spring in my step today. Uh, I'm feeling good, mate. It's, it's amazing what we can do. Um, and God, I've missed this video. Well, I think I must be in shock. That's what must must it be. Eh? I just um, completely thrown out because it, it's a very different feeling doing a pod uh, in response to a home victory, but but also a very different Palace performance yesterday. Um, so look, we 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 talked about um, what might happen with the manager in the last pod, obviously, and uh, we didn't think Palace would do anything, but they did. Um, I don't know, obviously you and Kev did an emergency pod on the day that it happened. Yeah. Um, and, and thank you to everyone who's got in touch in response to that. Uh, all the kind messages, appreciating that you uh, use your lunch break to do so, you and Kev. So hats off to you guys. But yeah, uh, I mean, when we last spoke, Luke, well, I, I was saying, you know, it felt like it was in the right direction, but I didn't think Palace would would do anything. We, we both felt they'd wait till the summer. That mm. didn't happen. Parish and Co did make a um, a move, and obviously uh, Vieira departed with his coaching staff and uh, the deadly duo of uh, of Ray and Roy, or Roy and Ray, whichever you look at it. Either way, it doesn't matter, does it? A couple of legends have returned, um, and we saw a very different start in eleven, as well as different Crystal Palace yesterday, didn't we? I mean, I think the one of the most notable things, like you said there, probably is the performance, the levels. How many times have we said? This season, you know, we come come away from games and even towards the back in the last season, really, that we don't think Palace have actually performed very well or played very well. And oh my god, that, that especially that first forty five minutes, we were excellent. I think we had something like twenty shots in the first half, um, and there was just so much more energy, so much more guile, so much more attacking intent. It was just it, it was an incredible Palace performance. You know, we were all over them. You know, it, it's amazing to think that Roy Hodgson's only had what ten days to, to work and his coaching team about 10 days to work with this this um this squad and you could just see the difference um you know perhaps his ability to put his arms around the younger players like Eze who was man of the match yesterday absolutely fantastic performance um he was a shining light yesterday and may well become a, a very important part of, of Palace's team between now and the end of the season given what happened to Wilfred Zaha uh, just before half time so um yeah, what a difference! What what a difference a week can make, ten days can make, um, and, and, a, and a fantastic performance and a well deserved victory, despite what Brendan Rodgers might have said. Well, actually, you say about how long Roy and Ray had to work with the players. A number of them would have been away on international duty, wouldn't they, for the first week? So 
probably only had four, maybe five days if 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 that's um if that's lucky. So yeah, I mean it was a very different palace just set set up, wasn't it? It, it just from the minute, well, well, obviously Eze, as you say, came back into the team and that the starting lineup which looked more attacking, which when people saw Roy was coming back in, everyone's immediate reaction was, well, you know, it's gonna mean sort of set up shot very tightly from the back, very defensive minded. Yesterday it was probably the complete opposite of that, particularly for the first 20 minutes or so. And yeah, I mean, look, you, you touched upon Eze coming back into the team and just how good he was yesterday. Seriously, we haven't seen that player for two years. No, no, we haven't. Um, since, since he was last playing under Roy, and then obviously uh, suffered that, that horrible uh, Achilles injury towards the end of Roy's mm-hmm. tenure here. And I think, look, it's, it's kind of unfair that people would tarnish Roy Hodgson with this defensive brush because I think... It's mainly due to the, the tools that he had at his disposal at the time. You think the last time he had the oldest squad in the Premier League and perhaps he had to adapt his playing style to, to, to that. Um, when you think about when he first came in, you know, he had Johan Kabai, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, you know, um, was Batshuayi there? He might have been there, I, I can't remember. But, you know, he, he had he had better players than he did in his last season, that's for sure, but, or, or more mm. technical attacking players. And I think that, you know, the fact that he's now got a better squad to work with shows that, you know, what he can do with, with the tools at his disposal. And I don't want to, you know, uh, talk badly of Patrick Vieira, but I think in, in the 10 days and in that performance, you can show that, without a doubt, I think Roy Hodgson is a better manager than, than, than Patrick Vieira. And he's able to adapt his game and, and his, his management style to, um, to, to, to deal with the, 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 the squad that he's got. Um, and, uh, yeah, you, you said about Eze, he, he was outstanding, you know, 20 shots in the first half. I think one of the things that perhaps Roy and Ray and, and the coaching staff might have just said to the the players is they identified we're not scoring goals. Have a shot. And we were shooting from everywhere yesterday, especially in that first half. You know, we were peppering the goal. And credit has to go to Leicester and their defence because they were throwing themselves out in front of everything. You know, they weren't um, they weren't there just to, to, to make up the numbers in that sense. You know, they were they, they were had a, a, a diligent defensive performance, but. In the end, as it proved, Palace were just too much for them. Um, but I did worry, I must admit, going to half-time that, oh, it's going to be one of them days, isn't it? We've, we've not taken our chances. All it takes is for Leicester to have one go, and they did after about 15 minutes when they hit the, hit the post. I must admit, from my angle, I didn't actually know it hit the post. I just thought it was sort of clear of the line or whatever. But um, I was worrying that uh, it was just going to be a fact that they'd counter and, and that would be it then, and the heads would drop. But we were very lucky with the way that the game went, I guess. Yeah, it's easy to forget that actually, because that, that chance was in the first sort of well, it was within certainly within the first twenty minutes. It was in that you know very dominant possession and and um, as you say, shots galore um, session of the game that Palace had, and yeah, that it could have easily turned then, couldn't it? But you know, like you say, and I think there were questions to, to Roy about it on um, match a day and you know the, the post match um, interviews about you know what did you tell them or what did you say because you know we haven't what was it one shot in target we didn't have a shot in target for like I don't know it was three hours or something ridiculous and 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 then all of a sudden yesterday we are absolutely peppering the Leicester City goal and yeah the defence as you say but also their keeper was it Everson was in was yeah, in he goal fantastic, wasn't it? he did really well I mean there was the shot from the core edge of the box there was one from Eze there was certainly one from Elise there was yeah it was just shots galore um and it was it was so exciting to see I I I I 
I join you in the feeling that maybe when we got to half time, and then obviously with Wilf going off injured just before, which looks like a groin strain, um, you felt, ah, oh, have we sort of missed our chance, you know? And and that would be typical Palace, wouldn't it, to have to have had all that all that opportunity, all that possession, and and just looked so good and not taken something off from it. And then when we came out second half and, and Leicester, it was a game of subs yesterday, wasn't it? Because um, I think we could get the guys they to score because of Peter Pereira. Yeah, he, he was a sub. He came in at half time, didn't he, for them? And and he you know, absolutely magnificent finish. It was a really good ball from sort of the middle of the park from their um, centre back or the left back across the field. And then I think it was, um, oh, what's he called? I want to say Hensbury Dawes, but that's not his name. Um, can't remember what his name is. But he puts the ball back across and into that Pereira's line and he sort of smash it into the top right and corner of, of the of the goal in front of the White Horse. And the only thing you could say is maybe Gay didn't get out quick enough to him. But you know, at the end of the day, the shot's pretty unstoppable, wasn't it? It was. And I think maybe the only excuse also is that past players didn't know he'd come on come off the bench at half time because he seemed to have what the freedom of Sellers Park. There was no one yeah. near him when he hit that shot. It was a great finish, you have to admit, but yeah, you obviously you always have to look at the um defensive frailties of Palace there in terms that he, he was able to 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 have that shot. Un, un, um, unchallenged but it was a great goal and you did worry I did worry then that um, perhaps the fans were going to turn um, you know after such a, a positive first half so to t- 10 minutes in the second half to give Leicester so much of the ball they grew in confidence and then and to get that goal you thought oh my god here we go that sort of thing because we, we've not we've had like we said we, we, we haven't been able to um, score goals this season very easily um, and the fact is that you know, when we have conceded, I, I found it difficult to see how we're going to get back into the game. Um, and I did worry that that would be the case, certainly yesterday, that, um, you know, if we if we conceded and then uh, our, our lack of attacking intent or lack of uh, attacking prowess would show, really. Um, but I guess we were, were lucky in the sense that it was only, what, 10, 15 minutes after that or shortly after that, you know, as a running from uh, across the uh, across the box gets fouled um, and it gets that opportunity to have that free kick and what a free kick it was even though it did go in off the keeper's ass. Well we we were saying that when the um, ref gave the free kick it was in the wrong place wasn't it it was further yeah. back it was kind of the foul was like on the edge of the on the edge of the D wasn't it but actually it, it, it he, he made them take it for some reason because that's where the Leicester players stood or whatever it was but he made it made it stand about five yards back or so, didn't he? Actually, I think that worked to Palace's advantage because it enabled Eze to get the ball up over the mm. over the wall in the way he did. And um, yeah, fantastic free kick. I mean, that's that's the thing about Eze. The set pieces uh, are one of his specialities. And and okay, Elisa had the one the goal against Man United, but apart from that, particularly corners, it's often um, pretty deflating, isn't it? Some of those deliveries. So to have that option as well with Eze and um, I think that he said after the game I saw the Chris Grierson post-match interview was saying about it and they sort of they practice it in training and weigh up who's going to take what and stuff so uh, clearly clearly well practiced and well versed and uh, yeah a fantastic free kick up over the wall and sort of ricocheted up and down in the uh, crossbar under and then back off the keeper's backside in so you know you take it it's uh, puts it in a good position and then and then it kind of did get to a place where the crowd did pick up and you felt like kind of sucked the ball into the back of the net a little bit and, and you worried that time might run out. But, mate, Jordan, are you? Oh, Jordan, no, I mean, are you? 
I mean, we yeah, we need to talk about Jordan Ayew because he, he obviously came on for Wilfred Zaha. Um, I thought he, he actually played really well yesterday. And, and, you know, this season in particular, I think it's Ayew and Schlupp have been the, 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 the whipping boys of, of certain Palace fans. But I think Schlupp yesterday also had an excellent, excellent game. But Jordan Ayew, I mean, to pick that ball up from Mitchell, you know, just inside his own half, to run with it, what, 20, 25 yards, 30 yards, whatever it was, and then you see on the replay, especially from the angle behind the goal, the fact that he looks up at Mateta, sees where he is, and then plays that ball in perfectly for him. Um, it's an, a, a fantastic ball in. Uh, and credit also to Jean-Philippe Mateta for that first um, touch. That first touch, yeah. Yeah, it completely sort of kills it. He's able to turn. Um, I think, the, who is it? The, the, the big lad, the defender, um, had his shirt. But yeah, he, he really couldn't get anywhere near him. And, and from that sort of... Um, distance out you're always hoping that, that JP was, was going to hit the back of the net albeit you know he hasn't had a great um, season uh, but yeah what, what what a great goal what a great finish and uh, what a great feeling Rob to have that to hit the back of the net and the place just erupted I, I've never known yeah. anything like I, I've not known a celebration like that at Sellers for many many a year it felt like an outpouring of relief obviously a celebration and it just felt that you know there was a, a renewal of hope around Crystal Palace at that point. Well, firstly, I feel for the people who decided to leave a couple of minutes early as well, because quite <laughs> a lot of people had headed out, didn't they? Yeah. The people to our right had just departed. That like, must have been 10 seconds before it happened. I've been looking out to my right, and I thought, I was like, to space it, that's good. Um, and, 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 yeah, so I feel for those people. But, yeah, I mean, like going back to it, Jordan Ayew, the way he picks the ball up in our half, and he carries, and he sort of invites the defender to come across, then he goes back inside, and he carries and carries and carries the ball, which is what we always talk about Palace lacking. People will pick the ball up and run with it. But he was just so progressive. And then, like you say, he looked up. You can see it when you watch. Have you seen, have you watched the thing on the Palace website that I told you to watch Langles. last night? Yeah. So it's, it's ridiculous. You've watched the guy about 15 times. But each time, if you watch, I looks up very last minute, just before he releases the ball. So to see like the, the way he did, see that, that opening and play it through at the right pace, the right energy, right drive, the right time. And then, yeah, hats off to, to JPM for his one touch, just kind of turn it, turn the defender, bring the ball back into his path. That could easily have like gone anywhere, couldn't it? You know, out for a goal kick or whatever. But he, he nicely sort of brings it round in it back in front of him. And yeah, lovely finish. And then off he goes to the to the uh, uh, to the corner flag, and I said to you, I think he spent more time in the crowd celebrating than he'd been on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did think, to be honest with you, that that change maybe needed to happen a little bit earlier. Um, watching Odson Edward, you know, I think for about sort of the 65, 70 minute mark, he was knackered, like he was properly blowing, and I think he did work hard, but you know, things didn't necessarily go through him. And then JP comes on, I think just five minutes before then. Um, there's an opportunity where, where Ayu sort of crosses to him and he sort of fluffs his head and you sort of think, oh, here we go, it's going to be one of them days, you know. He's, he's, a, he's a striker devoid of any confidence, like most of our attacking players are at the moment, but that will do in the world of good. And uh, you do, well, you wonder if it gives Roy a selection head headache for, for the Leeds game, you know, who's going to who's gonna go for it. Albeit it would be harsh on Otto Edward to be dropped. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, we've got options, you know, well, two options, three if you include Jordan I, although I, I assume with his Wolves injury, he's going to have to take that position um, out on the wing. But um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, like you, I've watched it so many times and I, I won't get tired of it. I really won't. It's, it's, it's a fantastic moment. Um, I think 
think back to IU and this is another thing, you know, we talked about Eze under Roy and how good he was last time. IU under Roy, you know, he was our top goal scorer in that second yeah. season, I think, that Roy was in, in there. Um, and, you know, that, that we've now got, you know, the fact that we know Roy Hodgson can improve players with his coaching staff and he's got these these players now that hopefully will improve something we, which perhaps we haven't seen under Patrick Vieira um, in the last sort of season or two. Um, so, yeah, it, it's an exciting time now. I don't want to get too carried away because there's still a lot more work to do. Um, but the ball is on in Palace's court now um, and, and we've got our own destiny in our own hands. The fact that we can go to these teams that all blow us in, in the table and we've got the opportunity to pick up some points now. And Leeds becomes... You know, not so much a must-win, but a must-not-lose now, I think. Um, but Palace's next few home games are, are, are vital, really. It was, it, was a, it was a fitting way to end the game because it certainly felt a bit of a special day yesterday. There was a really good atmosphere going into the ground. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. I did see it last night on social media, but there was a Palace fan who, I think it was through Twitter, encouraged people to take scarves yesterday. Yeah. It wasn't a thing by the club, was it? It was actually a fan yeah. who suggested it. Um do you know who it was? I can't remember. We'll give a shout out if you remember his name. Uh, I, I will try and find it. Because um, that, no. that was brilliant, wasn't it? That was that, It just felt a bit quite nostalgic. There was obviously the, the on 15 minutes, the, the young Crystal Palace fan. There was a, a minute's applause for Charlie Ellicott, who yeah. passed away after after five-year battle with, with cancer. Um, you know, that, that was sort of, you know very sort of um, emotional moment and everyone took part, the Leicester fans, Palace fans, Roy was on the touchline um, applauding um, as well. So that, that was a special moment. It kind of reminds you um, about what Palace is all about. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of talk about this CPFC or you know, Palace family. And that was the, one of those moments wasn't it? Misha proud to be a Palace fan. And I'm sure it meant a hell of a lot to his family, um, to his parents, to, to everyone that knew the young lad who, as I understand it, had sort of been suffering with illness for a long time and, and eventually passed away. So that would have been a very nice moment for them and nice to see that Palace on Twitter themselves said it was that was for Charlie at the end of the game as well, which which, which must have been a really touching moment for them. Um, you mentioned about the scarves. Yeah, a gentleman called Jason, I think it's Whiteley Feeble on, on Twitter, um, came up with this a couple of weeks ago, I think just uh, after Roy was appointed. And it was a nice... Um, view wasn't it to see the homes down see, even across the half where we were sitting you know everyone this, this sea of red and blue as, as the players came out and as celebrations you know you saw flags waving around uh, sorry scarves waving around and yeah this hope that that can continue for the rest of the season because it certainly did help to sort of give everyone a bit of a boost and improve the atmosphere and um i'm all for it and i've uh, bought another couple of red and blue scarves on mine so uh, they'll be making their debuts at the next game well, you said the lady by the clock tower when we were doing a roaring trade yesterday who knits the uh, scats and hearts, hats and scarves, scarves and hats. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was certainly, uh, you know, uh, it, felt, it felt a good day for Palace today. So very nice to finish it with, with a win. And actually looking back on it, it kind of was destined to happen, wasn't it, really? It was just, um, yeah, a fitting way to, to finish the day. Uh, the feel-good factor is back. And we needed something because I think you and I, we've joked about it recently, but I'll tell you something, brother. I've been struggling with watching Palace, um, certainly since the World World Cup uh, break after that. It's been a real hard slog. It's been just dull. It's not had any drive and enthusiasm and the passion kind of dropped out. We've seen people falling out, you know, in the crowd. And there's been talk about uh, a couple of away games, people having arguments and stuff in the in the crowd. It's not... 
it's not what Palace is about. And and I just think that, you know, I know it's only a short-term thing, but goodness me, we needed something to happen. And, you know, hopefully this is just the start of a very, very positive uh, run of another nine games until the end of the season. And, and we can build something from there as a club because it, it needed something, didn't it? Yeah, Palace fans or supporters, you know, the, the, the key's in the name there, you know, we, we, we they need us still now to support in the end of the season. We need to be that, that proverbial 12th man um, and get the players across the line and create that atmosphere. But as Roy said in his, his pre-match press conference, you know, he, he can't expect the fans just to do it off their own backs. You know, they need to, to, to the, the players need to, to give the fans something to get behind. They certainly did do that in that game. And um, yeah, uh, the feel-good factor is back and hopefully the people who were perhaps uh, on the fence about Roy returning that my yesterday's performance would have would have convinced them that you know that they do need to get behind the, the, the team and and the management, the coaching staff, and really do support um, and help us get across the line now because it is a, a short term appointment. Project Palace is on hold. Well, I'm sure we get a, a young, exciting manager in the summer, and you know we can push on. But Roy Hodgson, we've certainly got a very safe pair of hands of him and him and Ray to do the business to get us across the line. And um, I've got a feeling, bruv, that. You know, the, the atmosphere is going to improve. The the feel-good factors will be back. You know, I understand. Um, I think it was Adam Sells on, on, on the FYP post-match podcast was saying about that he'd heard that the, the mood in the training ground has certainly been lifted in the last sort of 10 days or so. So perhaps there were certain players who had lost faith in Vieira and, and, and his methods and a change was needed. And yeah, the, the feel-good times are, are back, uh, albeit, you know, with the caveat that there's still a long way to go. Um Job's not done yet, but um, after not seeing a win since, what do we say, October in person, I think we haven't seen. Obviously, Palace haven't won this year. Last last win was against Bournemouth on, on New Year's Eve. Um, it feels good. It feels good to be winning. And, and and you said to me at the end of the game, obviously, we, we, we stayed around for a bit afterwards and the players... Roy, Ray, everyone went to the middle of the pitch and there was kind of a, a not, a, not a lap of appreciation that we have doing it, but there was certainly a... Um, uh, a moment between the Palace fans and and the players, um, sort of recognizing the the moment that had um, that had passed, and, and you know what it meant to everyone concerned. And yeah, they felt something again there, right? Yeah, definitely. And um, I think I'll end this podcast with the audio from my uh, my video, which I took at, at full time, uh, with everyone just jumping and and, and my testers boom, 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 going on and. Uh, yeah, as I said before, but I can't I can't recall an atmosphere as good as that. That's said us for a long, long time. And look, long may it continue. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Long may it continue indeed. Well, look, Roy is back. The Palace are back. We've got our Palace back, that's for sure. Um, as always, at Six Points Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Um, please do get in, get in touch with us and let us know how you felt after after yesterday. You know, we're saying the Palace, good vibe is back. Um, let us know how you're feeling. Um, and we will make sure we keep the pods uh, pods coming. Um, do keep your questions coming. Um, merchandise update, please. I haven't got one, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, well, actually, Kev's given me permission to use his face on uh, scarves and socks. So, uh, okay. if, anyone want, if, anyone, if anyone's that, you know, uh, enamoured with Kev's face, then you, you you can own a piece of it very soon, hopefully. And I, I know JC was saying yesterday to us um, when we saw him uh, just before the game, good to see you, JC, big shout. Um, but he was saying that he was selling off some of his um, his items. He'll probably be stocking up on those Kev items, won't he? Because there'll be lots of money. <laughs> Collector's items in a few years and, and John Collison will be certainly making um, yeah, some money off that as well as programmes in the next few years, I'm sure. 
Brilliant, brilliant. Good stuff. Well, look, let's end it there at Six Body Podcast, as always, on the socials. Take care. We'll see you soon, as always. Up, up the, the palace. palace. The Six Pointer Podcast. Thank you.